Hello and welcome to the I Do Wedding Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Adio, a social media marketing expert specific to the wedding industry. On this show, I discuss tips to help you DIY your social media, as well as getting the confidence and income to outsource it. Thank you for allowing this episode to come through on your Bluetooth, your car radio, wherever it may be you're listening from today. Now, let's take your wedding business to the next level. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. I have got a juicy episode for you today. Today, I have another interview. And let me know how you guys have been enjoying these interviews. I know I really have, but send me a message on Instagram and I do wedding marketing and let me know how you've been enjoying them. Today, I have an interview with Vanessa Narvios. She is the owner and lead planner at Finer Weddings and Events and Marketing. And I met Vanessa and got connected with her in a really cool way, which you will hear about when you listen to this interview. But a lot of what we're talking about is leveraging your vendor network. Vanessa had spent a lot of time establishing her craft and skill doing events in China, and then came back home, was going to spend time in Bali. Then we know what happened in 2020, right? And found herself at home in California, starting her business there and kind of shifting everything and leveraging on her local vendor network. So she has a lot she shares. Sometimes we even sound a little harsh when we're laughing about what not to do, but it's all in the spirit of educating you and helping you to understand how to create those genuine connections. So this is a meaty episode. We talk for an hour straight and that is what it was like the first time we connected by phone too. It's just felt like meeting my my wedding spirit animal, somebody who just who just gets it. And so I think for you guys as wedding professionals or even just professionals in general looking to network with your community, you're going to really enjoy listening to this. So I haven't really cut it down much or anything. I'm just going to let you hear the raw conversation. But before I get into that, I do want to ask you, if you haven't reviewed this podcast yet, please consider giving me a review. You can just pull up the podcast app if you're listening on Apple or go to the episode wherever you're listening from and go to the I Do Wedding Marketing podcast and they will be a spot where you can leave your star rating. And what that does is it helps show to whether it's Apple or Spotify, et cetera, that this is a legitimate podcast that people are enjoying and getting value from. So when you leave those reviews, it really helps this podcast to grow. So I'm going to do a quick ad break, then we'll get to our interview with Vanessa. The I Do Wedding Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Your Real Wedding Photos Club. This is a monthly subscription where you receive photos and videos for wedding pros to use on your content and social media. 
I am always looking for photos and content that will stand out for my clients, but not all of them have photos prepared to do this. And that's why I love your Real Weddings Photo Club brought to us by Carissa Cruzy Weddings. You can either pay monthly, you can pay all up at front, you decide how you want to pay, and you will receive 100 photos and 10 video clips every month to use. This has me so excited at the start of every month because then I am able to get some new content to use. The monthly cost is $37 month to month, cancel anytime. The quarterly cost is $97 every three months. And the annual cost is $347. And guys, that's worth like 1,200 photos. This is a huge value and has been a great asset to my business. So to sign up for your real wedding photo club, you can visit IDoWeddingMarketing.com slash sponsors. Vanessa, hello. Thank you for being here. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So where are you coming in from for all our listeners? I am coming in from Southern California. I live in Temecula in the wine country area. Beautiful. It must be a great spot for doing weddings, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's very beautiful. So I wanted to share a little bit about how we got introduced to one another because I especially think it lends to marketing yourself and networking. So all of a sudden I checked my LinkedIn and I had a message from my next door neighbor at my childhood home. Her name is Rita and she lives in China. And it was a message between me, her and Vanessa. And she said, I think you're both awesome and you both work in weddings. And I think you two should talk. And that was it. And then we were kind of off to the races. What did you think of that when we got that message, Vanessa? Oh my gosh. I, I, first of all, it, it's always such a pleasure to see Rita popping up wherever. And it's just, um, she was such a good friend of mine and such a very valuable part of not only my network, but just my, my friend circle. And she was such a huge, had a, such a huge impact on my life. Um, while I was living there and it's, you know, been hard to not be living there anymore. And, you know, apart from old friends and all that. And so when I saw her pop into the the DMs on uh, LinkedIn. I was so happy. I was like, oh, Rita, I miss you so much. And, you know, and then she connected us. And of course, she's always delivering such great value. And she's just one of those natural connectors uh, and really taught me a lot about networking in general and uh, always providing value and stuff. And so, yeah, it was so, it was fabulous. She's, she's always fabulous. So, yeah. And I just thought that was so great. Cause even though she was networking to bring others together now, it's like, well, if Rita ever needed anything, it's like, I'm there. Like, you know, absolutely, you, absolutely. you got my back. I got yours. As <laughs> so it then, be. Yeah. Vanessa and I chatted on the phone and it was just so nice to have someone else who understands just being busy and your business. And then the next day, Vanessa was like, I have something I would love to talk about. And it was marketing yourself while building building and network within the wedding industry. So why is this topic important to you? Yeah, so um, I was essentially tra transplanted here because of COVID. So I spent eight and a half years living in China. I went there originally to do my master's degree and I thought I would be there for six months. I knew nothing about Asia. I knew nothing about China. 
except for that it was important for business. And I was like going there to get my quote unquote China experience and then, you know, be off and running to the races. And um, I was there two weeks and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, no one understands how amazing this is. No one understands. Um, sorry, I don't know why my phone just made that weird noise. Um, we'll say it was my microwave. Everyone would yeah. be <laughs> um and yeah so I loved it and six months turned into a couple of years and then that turned into eight and a half I had an events business there and that's you know where I met Rita and everything and after eight and a half years of living there I was like okay it's time for a change and my business partner and I um decided that we were going to travel the world in 2020 working from our laptops <laughs> And so we left everything. I left China. I came home to Southern California. I dropped off some suitcases and my dog with my dad. (laughs) And I was getting ready to set off and travel the world. And the first destination was Bali. And so I was going to spend six months in Bali, three months in the Mediterranean, and then three months in the Caribbean and possibly some in South America. And uh, yeah, three months into that plan, uh, the world shut down. So that was quite a surprise. Did you get three months in Bali at least? I did. I did get three months in Bali. I was like, I I mean, I literally, I I was actually, I had a quick stopover in Australia that I was, had a little bit of a one-way ticket to. And um, and I left some of my suitcases in Bali and I was like, oh yeah, I'll be back in like a month. Like no big deal. Like this thing's going to pass. And unfortunately that did not happen. And well, I, I say, unfortunately at the time it didn't happen, right, but right. now, mm-hmm. now I've, you know, adjusted and I have a totally new life and it took a while to get adjusted. It was definitely a rough landing to arrive back in your quote unquote hometown with only yeah. a suitcase yeah. and nothing <laughs> in your parents' house. With a total change of no job, no, radically different no job, no friends. Traveling no the world to going back with mom and dad. <laughs> It was quite a, a big transition. Let's just say that. But um, yeah. And then so now I you know, have been in the wedding industry for the past couple of years and I'm very happy with things as they are now. But yeah, definitely once landing here was rough. <laughs> so. And can you tell everyone about what your wedding business is that you're doing? Sure. So essentially after I moved here, I, you know, of course there were no events going on because it was in March. Mm-hmm. 25th <laughs> so there was nothing going on um and so I did a couple odd and in jobs I ran an e-commerce company for a while um and then I actually sort of I, my COVID hobby was learning how to bartend oh, and okay. I'd, I'd always lived in uh sorry lived I'd always worked in the food and beverage industry mm-hmm. hospitality hotels so that was always my realm and uh never learned to bartend so I was like I'm gonna bartend oh yeah do something random while the world is going crazy. <laughs> and um and that was a time for needing you know specialty cocktails so. <laughs> <laughs> um and then once things kind of started to open up a little bit I started working at one of the wineries running all of their weddings and that was kind of my first uh dipping of my toe into the wedding industry because I previously had done all corporate events very high-end luxury corporate events and I was always said, oh, I do everything except weddings because the weddings are too emotional and I would be a basket case and I, I would be crying in the background, which I do now from time to time. I, I do shed a tear during the ceremony and sometimes during the speeches. But, um, but yeah, and so when I kind of 
changed my whole entire focus because out here there is not a lot of corporate events that it's just that it's not the style or vibe of where I live now so I adapted to the wedding industry and I couldn't be happier I love it it's so amazing to be part of somebody's integral part of their life and something that's so memorable and be able to be that person who brings it all together and makes it stress-free because you know what you're doing you bring the right vendor team together uh just it's fantastic I, I love it I'm really you know it was definitely a very unexpected change and I didn't realize that I would like enjoy the industry like I do now and it's just mm-hmm. I've been very fortunate to have that um happen so yeah yeah so you know you're there you start doing finally doing weddings realizing that the emotions are maybe part of the charm of it you know strong emotions either way like I know there's some <laughs> There's some weddings. I'm not a wedding planner, but I've helped my friend assist them. And when they walk into the reception, sometimes I'll just think, now you're the DJ's problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but I say that as a non-wedding planner. <laughs> so, but so, you know, you start doing it, you realize you love it. So then what next? Because I know, you know, you want to maybe expand, you want to get your own network. So what do you do from there? Yeah. So uh, while I was in China, I did, I ran a, a, an events business and marketing. I, marketing is also my background. And so I ran a, that business there for about five and a half years or so. And so once I came here, I started working and I said, okay, you know what, I'm just going to work for people, especially while everything is so crazy. Right. So I was like, I just need a job that pays me every month, <laughs> you know, um, to get some stability in a very unstable world at the time. And after about four months of working in uh, a winery here and having, um, you know, working in the constructs of another company, I quickly realized that it was not my vibe and not what I, not where I flourish. And I'm very, very much an entrepreneur and I'm very much used to, you know, being the captain of the ship and running it the way that I like to run it. And so I, um, yeah, I started my own company again here and I just, I didn't know a single person. Like I only had friends from high school that were still doing you know, what they were doing and had a very different life and style. Right. They're not DJs or, you know, venue owners. Uh, or. Yeah. I literally knew zero people and people weren't even going out to events. They weren't connecting. They weren't even coming out of their houses to go for coffee still. Right. You know so I mean? not only are you making, trying to network and establish, you know, vendors and a network in a new place, but it's in a new place during COVID. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't recommend you it. You just no. like to take the the harder ways. This is what it, no, it sounds like, like that, right? Like, I like to run. <laughs> Vanessa, I feel like ha- likes to have like a million jobs and to make it as chaotic as possible. Yes, <laughs> like you know me very well already. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. So once I decided to start my own company, I was like, you know what? I've got to do this. I'm in the U.S. I've already built a company in China that was very successful and I could do it in another country. And now I'm in my home country. Are you kidding me? And everyone speaks English and there's you know, <laughs> specific laws that I can you know, find online very easily. And I didn't, you know, there wasn't that uh, huge learning curve that like there was in mm-hmm. China um, or in Asia for that matter, because I've done events all over. And so it's just as 
I was like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I working for other people? So mm-hmm. fast forward, I started my own company. And, you know, once the, once I really started getting my, my head wrapped around the fact of like, okay, I don't know a single person here. No one knows me. No one knows the value and my skill set. I was like, I need to find out who my people are and who mm-hmm. my trusted uh, networking like or my trusted network of my frienders right yeah I love that I've never heard that before I definitely I didn't come up with that term like (laughs) somebody I forget who came up with that it's definitely not me but I heard it one time and I was like yeah because if I look back on my previous experience all of my vendors and people that I use for my events like they all became friends and people that I know liked respected could trust right mm-hmm. so they eventually became friends as well so weren't it wasn't the the lines of professional and not you know and more mm-hmm. on the friendly casual side were a little bit blurred um and I think that that's important because that's how you really build those deep lasting relationships and yeah. so so I essentially what I did I started off just online stalking people kind of checking out okay who are the key players who are the established planners, the established photographers, who are the people that are really like up and coming. And I really tried to get a overview of just the market in general to understand like, who are the big dogs? Who is, you know, out there? Who is it that it's just their side hustle, right? Right, Because that's also important to understand and know. And then I just, I started reaching out. I started you know, DMing people just saying, Hey, I want to say, I love your work. Like that wedding you did, looks amazing, blah, blah, blah. So I just really started to connect with people in the beginning to just Mm -hmm. say like, hi, I'm here. Even though I wasn't asking them for anything, I was just complimenting them in the, the beginning and really just from a genuine interest perspective and genuine uh, like appreciation perspective, because I think that that's something so, so important to know about networking Yeah, is that it's not just a, Hey, what can you do for me? It's a very, like, you need to feed the network first. You need to provide value for people and understanding what you can offer them and give them. It's not just a, Hey, what can you do for me type of situation? Absolutely. And, you know, you gave a lot of really good steps and value here. So I almost kind of want to like backtrack and really piece it out for everyone listening. Because the first thing you did after you established your business, you know, you surveyed the market. And, you know, what I love about what you were saying is figuring out like, what are the hot venues? Where is everyone, you know, trying to get in at or show their work at? Where are people going? And then, you know, so what would you say about what that process was like of surveying the market of how did you do it more than just going online? Is it going on Instagram, seeing who's on the knot, you know, et cetera? Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. I, I mean, I, I, I think I focused probably my efforts in the beginning first was Instagram because you can see mm-hmm. if you're online enough, you can see the, the thread essentially of, uh, you know, who's working at what venue, what florists, you know, how they list out in the, you know, in the um, comments, right. It's like, Oh, it was this florist that did this styled shoot. And you're like, wow, that's like the 10th time I've seen that florist. Like let's Mm -hmm. go to their website. And so then I'd go to their website and be like, okay, you know, I'd read their about us section. I would go and see like, first of all, do they have a website? (laughs) Big one, big one. (laughs) 
do they have a Facebook? Like what is, and then, cause I'd go all the way through. Cause one of the things that I did as well, after I had kind of gotten my wheels rolling, I would go to bridal shows and I would go there as a vendor and I'd go and look to connect with people from the bridal shows. Right. Okay. And so, which is, which is an avenue I don't think most people use at all. Where I'm like, right. it's free to go to those things. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I would go to different bridal shows and I would connect with the vendors there. And then before I, you know, obviously face to face, I would connect with them obviously. But then when I would go home, I would check out all of their social media, all of their website, all that to see who would I then feel comfortable referring to a bride. Mm-hmm. Who yes. do I want in my corner that I think that we have a very similar style, um, not just like aesthetically, because that's subjective to whoever your couple is, right? So, but you know, who it's like, who do you connect with on a personal level, the mindset, right? Because is it just a, you know, are you just in the, the industry to t- turn and burn clients? Are you that person who gets like deeply emotionally involved with people? Are you the person who's really looking to grow your business? And and how you can, you know, connect with other people in the community, or are you very like cutthroat? Like what's that style and the way that you operate? What's the style of the way you are with other people, with your couples? I mean, so there's a lot of different factors, I think that, um, that go into that. And I, yeah, so I did my research in all types of ways, but I definitely, their online presence was huge. So I just want to make sure everyone listening is grasping that. Cause like, not only is Vanessa doing this one, but brides and grooms are doing this too. I just want to, you know, make that uh, clear of why it's so important to have an online presence. And then number two about what everything Vanessa just said is that you're responsible for who you refer. It's going to be a reflection on you, especially, you know, when venues have vendor lists or, you know, wedding planners who, if they ask you and you refer someone, and it ends up being horrible. It's a reflection on you. So as you build your network, it's more than just the first person who answers back or the first person you who messages you. You know, you really have to, because you're vouching for them essentially. And I'm sure you've experienced it, maybe witnessing with other people. But when I worked in-house for venues, I could see what would happen when referrals would go wrong. You know, they say this person's on your list and they haven't, you know, delivered my photos. How are you referring this people to your brides? You know, so it's a really big responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, and I, when I first started to essentially start um, crafting my preferred vendor list, because once I really got a survey of the market and I did all my due diligence was saying, okay, here's the top 10 of people that I want to connect with. Um, I really like, I, I wanted to say like, okay, is it, am I comfortable with not only the way that they are responding to me, how fast, like, I mean, I was really looking into like, okay, if I send them an email, do they respond right away? Do they respond in four weeks? Do they respond never? Do they, you know, if I send them, um, you know, a voice message or a text or a DM or whatever, like what's that response time look like? What's their style? Are they skeptical? Or, you know, I would really look at it from a holistic perspective because I was looking at it like, okay, if they're not, if they're going to respond to me like that, how would they respond to a couple? Absolutely. Because I want to take all of those factors in because I want to make sure that, you know, if I'm creating my preferred vendor list, 
they, it is a reflection of me and it is how, um, you know, the experience for the couple is going to be as they potentially choose them or don't, you know what I mean? So it just says, yeah, it definitely all comes back to you. I totally agree with that. So, yeah. So, you know, as you know, the categories for wedding vendors and professionals and the networking team of what future couples could need is really large. So how do you recommend people start after they do this initial research? So I think after you're doing your research, it's you, then it's time to start reaching out to people, right? So I think with that, it's, you have to reach out to people that you're trying to get in your preferred vendor list with the value that you can bring to them, right? So if you're someone new in the market and you're trying to go and collab with, you know, the best florist in the industry or the best planner in the industry or the best DJ or whatever, first of all, they're probably going to be like, why, like, who are you and why are you messaging me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what, like, uh, like get away, you know? Um, and I think that you really have to say like, how can you provide value to them? It's not just like, Hey, can you like refer people Mm -hmm. over to me? Cause that's what you're trying to get from them. Right. Which is not, not that doesn't serve anybody so it's really if you you approach it with a serving mentality which I think is I mean it's different for everybody so for me the way that I helped to serve my preferred vendors and people that I was wanting to have on my list I said hey like first of all this is who I am this is the service and the support that I can provide to you and for me that was personally in the in the form of marketing so Mm -hmm. I was looking to see how we can do blog collaborations together and how I could help to promote them on, um, in Facebook groups and, you know, at them on, you know, if someone says, Hey, I'm looking for a DJ and I'm located in Southern California and, you know, Mm -hmm. in Temecula. And then I could say, Oh, this person and this person is who you should check out. Right. And so it's, I wanted to look at how I could help their business to grow and how they could get more leads from me before I ever asked them for something back in return. Right. So what's an example of how you establish that value when you're uh, connecting with them, let's say through email, phone or uh, DMs, or even if you're at a bridal show? Yeah. So I, I guess when, when I was first starting to reach out to people, I would, um, I'd start off by following their Instagrams, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's funny how some people, you know, they're like, well, she wants to work with me, but then she's not even following my Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, cause I've seen now, now that I've kind of told other people about what I did and my process, people are like, yeah. And then they would tell me all these horror stories that they're like, oh, I get these emails. And it's just like, hello, comma. And then like, mm-hmm. insert blank, yes. You know, and it will come like, up like a response, right? <laughs> You're like, that's, you should probably know the name of the person you're trying to contact. Yeah. So it doesn't look copy and paste and you know what I mean? Like it's a mill you're trying to, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just want to, sorry to, to pivot, but it's like, this isn't something you have to do in bulk. You exactly. can do it as you, as you get inspired, or you can just kind of save it, you know, whether you're saving them on your Instagram, just by hitting the bookmark save button, or you're making a list and you do you don't do a lot at a time if you're not able to be genuine then you know it doesn't have to be no one's timing you you know so you can go slow and steady with it to keep it genuine yeah and i would because i I think that's such a great point because really being genuine about it and really saying oh hey like i saw this wedding you just did at this venue and i really loved the you know all the uplights and you know 
the cold sparklers and all the things you were, you know, adding yes, yes. Blah, 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 like, you know, if it's a DJ or something, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then you can comment authentically on the work that they just did, or, Oh, I loved the bridal bouquet and the, the ceremony flowers that you did, you know, and it was great. And it was super unique versus if you're just doing it like rapid, crazy, like sending 800 messages a yes. day, then you can't do that. So, um, you know, and then when people see that, when they see, cause it's, you can tell, I mean, everyone gets the spam messages on Instagram, right? Everyone's like, let's build your Instagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Get you to 500,000 followers. Like we all get those spam messages, right? Um, But so you can tell when it's genuine. And so when people know it's genuine, they're oftentimes going to respond. And then that's the time to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is, you know, I saw your work and I would love to, you know, add you to my preferred vendor list, but I would first, first love to have a conversation with you because I think you definitely need to take the conversation from on off, sorry, mm-hmm. online to offline, right? Not necessarily having a coffee meeting with them or a lunch because sometimes they're like, people are not going to want to spend that much time with you. They don't even know you yet. Yeah. Yes. So like, hey, would you be comfortable having a quick call so we get to know each other more? I can tell you more about the value I can provide to you. Again, the value I can provide to you. Yeah, you know, uh, oh, Vanessa, I have to, to say, you just made me think. One of my venues got a message yesterday from a photographer and she complimented the venue, said what she liked about it. She asked to come in and then she said while she's visiting, she'd be happy to take some photos. So like, maybe she knows you because that was the whole, that that's it. That's, you know, you broke it down for me when you were explaining this to me of doing the who, what, where, how. So who you're gonna contact, what you're gonna say, where are you gonna connect with them? Are you doing it phone, Instagram, email, and then how are you gonna deliver value? So I just had to share, cause I got giddy of that in the wild, you know, message I got. <laughs> yeah, and you know, on, on the flip side, I literally, no joke, yesterday, I so I also do some, um, some marketing for some venues as well. And I literally, I got a response to my personal email for my planning company. And then the venue also got the same exact email Mm -hmm. and it it was for a a DJ company looking to come from LA all the way to Temecula, which I mean, which is fine. I mean, that's about a two and a half hour drive. So it's obviously going to be way more expensive because of the travel fee, you know, anyways, the logistics doesn't matter, but either way, the point is they sent the exact same email to me versus the venue. Yeah. And I just happened to be the person behind both oh. emails. <laughs> mm-hmm. So of course they didn't know this, but I knew this. And I was like, really? Like, it's so, so not genuine. If you're just blasting an entire industry of people like in a, you know, it's just like, it's just not. So, and then they had, they have a, like an email drip campaign. So they've got several emails that are going out. Oh, I hate that. Right. And I'm just like, okay, I can tell that you've set up, I mean, obviously knowing marketing, it's like, I can tell that you've set up your MailChimp to automate mm-hmm. emails like five days out, three days out, two days out, whatever. Right. Which is again, it might work for some people and rock on if it does for you, but that's not the genuine connection. I think that the real value of a network is supposed to have. Right. So, right. Cause your network, it, I mean, you need to, those are people that 
They can depend on you. You can depend on them. If you're in a bind, you should be able to call these people at two o'clock in the morning and be like, Hey girl, Hey man, or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. I I need you like this happened last night or whatever. And they should be able to come through for you. Yeah. If they called you at 2am, right. Which hopefully no one's calling anybody at 2am, but fair enough. Emergencies happen, but it's like, if they called you, you'd be able to jump in and help and support and be there for them. Absolutely. But mass emails and that kind of stuff, like that's never going to create an actual network that has value in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you broke down for me and I'm going to reiterate some of these points and because some of them we already discussed and some we may want to talk about more of kind of what not to do or what everyone's doing and how you can kind of separate from the pack. So a lot of people attend industry events and never follow up with the people they meet. So you spoke about that, about you're going to the industry events, but you're following up by following the vendors, you know, on Instagram or email or whatever that is. And then also um, make cold outreach to wedding professionals, but not give it value or make it generic. So we spoke about how that's just like such a turnoff. Now, a lot of people we see do lookbooks, brochures, send gifts. We didn't get to talk about that yet. So what is, what can people do to set themselves apart when you start doing that? So, you know, it's a funny thing with the, you know, sending brochures or books or um, even gifts, which is a, that's an interesting one because people will send, and it's kind of the same thing as like going to a networking event and not following up. So <laughs> I have, so I have two venues that I do uh, marketing for. And the people will send stuff or they'll just pop in. I'm like, never just randomly pop into yeah. someone. I think that, that <laughs> that's rude. Number one, people are busy. Yeah. Like you should schedule time. That's for sure. But people will send stuff and then not even know who the heck they're sending it to. Yes. They don't even know that like the structure of that company, like for example, is it an assistant who is like on site running the tours? Who's like the admin person or is that the wedding coordinator? Are you sending it to a sales manager? Are you sending it to the GM of the property or whatever? You know, they don't even know. They're just blanket sending like a box of brochures, which the, first of all, those are expensive to print. Let's get yes, real. Yes. Like you need to know who the heck you're sending it to. And I, it's kind of like the cold email where you're just like, hello, comma, I am a DJ looking to come to the area. And you're like, who, who are you talking to? Do some research, call. It's so funny how so many people won't pick up a phone like the, you know, a cell phone <laughs> one attached with a curly cord yeah, yeah. to the wall, like literally picking up a phone and giving a call to, let's say a venue, like, hi, so-and-so at the front desk or the so-and-so admin or the secretary or whoever, I'm a DJ looking to come to the area. And I would like to know, you know, who's your wedding coordinator or, you know, do you have an admin person that I could help to reach out to or an email or, you know what I mean? It's like, do the due diligence on the front end mm-hmm. and don't just blanket send like these lookbooks or these like random brochures or, you know, I, I mean, I've had random, um, I've had a bakery send a fake cake yeah. to the yeah. venue. And I was like, what are we supposed to do with this fake wedding cake? That you- or even, you know, what you could make it better is get in contact with them. Ask, do you need a display cake for when you're showing your room? you know and then maybe work on it with them and you can take it a step further i had um there was a florist when i worked at a venue who made an arrangement 
to keep on the receptionist's desk because they knew that's who they were going to meet. They put their card on it and then they followed up with uh, they came back with calendars and then um, the boss did eventually end up adding them onto the list. But I think it's because they gave something that we could keep in the lobby that we'd be able to use because you can always use fresh flowers uh, to make a wedding venue look even nicer and then they followed up but also when you're following up like you don't want to harass the receptionist and call because they do deliver the messages if the owner's not calling you back you know and you're calling the receptionist every day yeah yeah but yeah, I think what's so, what's so important of what you said is that it had value to you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like random. And then you're just like, oh, here you go. Here's like some, you know. Some yeah. And I'm not saying brochures are negative, but they're really used to help extend telling your story. When you're meeting with a couple, they want to go home to their parents or their friends and say what they saw and what they did. They take the brochure and they show them, you know, your brochure isn't supposed to be in replace of you. It's kind of an extension. So by just cold dropping off that brochure, that's why you're not getting your value of it. It's not because of the brochure on its own, but just rather how you're using it. Yeah. And I, and I will say it's definitely, it's definitely how you use it. Mm-hmm. And then if you are going to the extent of actually getting things printed and then you're dropping it off, oh my goodness, please make sure that it's done professionally. I cannot explain, oh, what? <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to a, a, a bridal expo, or if you're going to be dropping and getting something printed um, to give away to clients, if you're going to a venue to drop something off so that they can give to potential clients, you and you're already going to the extent to print it. Yeah. My God, make sure it's proper quality. Like you have to pay for, I mean, and it's expensive to print. That's why, I mean, I hate printing because it hurts my wallet every yeah. single time because it's very expensive. But if you're going to do it, you have to do it right. And that's, I think that's such a important, um, just thread to have in all things, right? It's just as you only have one opportunity to make that great first impression. And if you are printing something on some, you know, basic printer paper, or, you know, the, the picture isn't the right quality and it's all pixelated and looks like, you know, right. your, your 15 year old did it you know, <laughs> yes. for, like a, for like a high school project, that's not acceptable. It's just not, it's 2022. It's not okay to have a logo that is pixelated or a picture that is pixelated. Canva exists. Yes, and it's easy. And because, you know, this is important because it's a reflection of you. And, you know, you're better off not giving anything out at all than giving something that just isn't up to par. So relieve yourself of that pressure of just having something to give out to give it out. And, Mm -hmm you know, and do it right. Do you have any recommendations of what people could give out, whether it's at shows or they want to give it to their venue to give out to couples, et cetera? Are there things that you've seen that have worked really well? Um, you know, I think that, so in terms of like swag or that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, to be honest, I think it's such a, it's like one of these necessary evils kind of things, yeah. especially for a bridal shows and that stuff it's like people like the the stuff like the trinkety stuff but i think it's such a waste of money yeah (laughs) i mean having lived in china the where they all this trinkety stuff uh first of all we get charged a fortune here for it but uh that's beside the point it's a whole nother (laughs) topic but um it's just it people are going to throw most of it away 
to be honest. And I think that the bigger picture is what needs to be focused on. So if, cause so for example, when I was first building my network and I would go to the bridal shows and I would look, I'd get all the, the vendors that I wanted to connect with in that area. And I'd go home and I would look at their websites. And so many of them didn't even have a website. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how does that, how, first of all, how does that work? Like, okay. But the ones that did have websites and I'm not joking, uh, like 65%, I'll say 65% to be nice, had the most horrific website I've ever seen. And then mm-hmm. as a wedding planner, there's no way on God's green earth that I would refer someone who doesn't have their visual presence on point because that reflects me back to the, you know, back to the whole thing of a referral going wrong. How can I refer somebody who their digital presence is abysmal? Yeah. Like, so, (laughs) and I, and I literally, I, I, after that first bridal show that I had went to, I said, should I just pivot and just do people's marketing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll donate. Well, you know, and I know there's going to be people listening who say, yeah, but you know, I haven't up because I've seen them and I know it sounds like extreme when I say they haven't updated their website since 2005, but they're legit. Some that seem that way. And I know they may be saying, but I've gotten bookings. Those are bookings you've gotten strictly from a referrals and not from your website you could be getting more bookings if you updated your website because the only way in this day and age someone is booking someone who is that outdated is because they saw them at a friend's wedding or something like that great but that's you could be getting gosh like 80 percent more business you know like 60 you could be getting a lot more business if from people who are finding you online, finding you on the knot, finding you after the bridal show, because you don't, that's why you give people swag. So they remember you when you're at home and they look you up. And if you have that website, it's gonna support all your other investments. Everything we do from social media to the networking events, to styled shoots is to drive people to your website, you know? So you, you have to take care of it. So you just really struck at a, a nerve for me. Oh my gosh. And you know, I, it was, it's, it, I mean, it is shocking. And I, I love that you say 2005, like their website's from 05. I mean, cause I say 95. I was originally thinking 99 <laughs> to be honest, but I was like, let me give it an extra five years. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's just, it is, it's, it's shocking. Cause you know, I always tell people like, I'm not a web designer. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a web designer. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a videographer, but guess what? There are tools, and this isn't even really what this whole podcast is about, but it's something that's near and dear to my heart because as a coordinator, like I need to make sure all of my vendors are on the same page. And I just, and that was, and I'll tie it back into the value that I was providing people, but you know, it's like, there's free, there's resources that exist for a reason and they're not even that expensive, like Canva free, uh, Wix, Squarespace, um, user-friendly. Like it's they're so, so user friendly. Friendly, literally drag and drop. Drag yeah, and drop. So if you have like a college student in your life, a teen in your life, a cousin's kid, if you can't do the computer, I bet they can, and yeah. you know, make a deal with them to pay them to do it and help you with it. Because, and I don't say that to undermine, you know, people like myself who who do this for a living. I'm just trying to give you. I'm trying to, when you have that roadblock in your mind of, I can't afford a web pro, you know, that's not 
a roadblock. You can overcome it with these absolutely. sources that you mentioned. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> one of the, you know, one of the things when I was contacting people after, you know, after I had narrowed it down to who I wanted to contact, after I had, you know, made initial contact with them and actually got them on the phone, then I said, okay, hey, like part of my pitch of what I can do for you and the value that I can provide to you is that not only can we do blogs together where I'll showcase your work and you can help to educate my brides on whatever, whether it be the, the beauty industry, whether it be florals, whether, all that stuff. And I can help to use the, my photographer's work to showcase the venues that I want to work with and all that. Um, I can help you with getting past some of those roadblocks with regards to, oh, I need a website. Well, I'm, I'm a wealth of information and I'll help you to not necessarily do it for you because I don't have that kind of time. That's why I don't do that. But, um, you know, helping you with all of the social media questions that you have, I can help you like online, uh, for example, in Facebook groups, which are a huge, huge, mm -hmm. um, you know, area to get brides. But guess what? I can't tag you if you don't have your URL on Facebook. Set. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh my God. that drives me mad when I cannot tag someone on Facebook. That is a marketer, especially for weddings, because you're tagging the whole line of wedding professionals. So when you don't have Facebook and Instagram up and I can't easily tag both, that only hurts you because now people, you know, a lot with social media and digital media is making it as easy as possible, eliminating as many clicks as possible, because it's already so hard to get people to stop their scroll. So if you don't have a clickable link on Facebook or Instagram with your usernames, it's gonna make it that much harder for people to get to your profile from the one they're on. Absolutely, and so, you know, the, the I guess the resources and the support that I've been able to provide to people is not only you know, not only giving them those opportunities for exposure and free exposure at that. So, I mean, I was the one who said, Hey, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for you. X, Y, Z meaning blogs. I'll help to organize a styled shoe. I will help to mm -hmm. answer every social media question that you have. And, you know, I'm not going to do the work for you, but I will help to guide you to, so your business can be better so that if your business is better, you'll get more referrals. Maybe then you'll eventually, once you know, like, and trust me, you'll be able to then refer me. And then we all rise together. Right. So I think that's so important, but I, I will say that one of the most, most vital things is that if you say you're going to do something by God, you better do it. Yeah. So if you promise a vendor, like, Hey, we're going to do this, like blog and I want to come into your flower shop and take photos for you and this and this and that and then I'm going to write a blog about it and you know I'll tag you this and that and we'll share it here share it there you better do it <laughs> because if you don't follow through that's obviously going to show them that you're full of you know what and it's just it's never going to get any, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's all bad. It's all I've bad. had it where I've taken over a venue's social media account, and then a photographer said, "You know, you you took one of my photos without credit and used it in an ad on the knot without, you know, when I asked you to use credit." And I felt horrible, even though it wasn't me, but it still felt like it because I'm representing this venue. So you know, it's it's really important to when you say you're going to be posting things with credit or whatever it is that you you follow through on that and kind of in regards to that have you 
Um, have you orchestrated your own styled shoots? I have, I have. So I have only done one so far, but I was very fortunate um, that the team that I helped to assemble um, that we got it actually picked up. So we got picked up by Love Inc., which was, which is a, um, a magazine that showcases all different forms of love. And it was, it was really cool because we put a ton, a ton of hard work into making that happen. And it was just, yeah, it was really great that we actually got published. So it definitely takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to do styled shoots because obviously if you want it done, you, you have to do it right. You have to put in all the free work, which goes into making that happen for the hopeful, um, you know, the desire to get published on the back end to help to make sure that the process that everyone's going through during the styled shoot is, you know, exceptional as the planner, especially as the, mm -hmm. as one of the vendors of a style shoot, it's, you know, you have a different role, but still it's like, you need to show up, you need to deliver, you need to do the best work that you can. But um, it was, so that was a really great experience. I met a lot of my frienders yeah. <laughs> that I have now through that shoot. Um, but yeah, I mean, before I actually started the planning of that, I had, I worked with a photographer who was just getting again back into the industry post COVID, all that kind of stuff, and um, we had the the vision to make sure it was the best shoot for every single person involved, and that they were going to have the best experience that anybody's ever had for a styled shoot mm -hmm. during that. And so we really made sure that we had our ish together <laughs> on, <laughs> on our end, so that we knew what we were doing, so that everyone involved knew that they were going to get the photos at this time and that they were going to get headshots of their staff at this time and just that the flow and everything was going to be of value for them. So again, how are you serving the, the people that you're involved with? Not, hey, can you do this style shoot for me so that we could get photos and use them later and maybe we'll get published? Like, no. It's like, how can we provide value for you? And again, from my perspective, obviously again I'm not the photographer right so the photographer she was doing her work and she did an amazing job um my job was to make sure it was nice and organized my job was to make sure that everyone had their their social media on point so that I could easily tag them mm. yes, <laughs> afterwards, yes. right to make sure that everyone also had the responses um you know I did a couple of like template posts that people could also right. help to use as well so we could just get the the final product out at a, you know, in a cohesive way, you know, to, so that people actually knew who they should tag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We tried to make it as easy as possible and it definitely paid off. So who was responsible for submitting the shoot to publications in the hopes of getting published? You were the I, I was, yeah. You were. Okay, great. Yeah. Which I had never done before. Yeah. So how is that? <laughs> I mean, that process could be a whole nother topic, but, uh, you oh my know. gosh. Yeah. Uh, it, yes, that is a whole nother topic yeah. for sure. But I, I, I think we essentially got a little bit lucky because I, to be honest, I had never done a styled shoot before. So this was my first time. Um, but again, I did my research. I understood what it takes to get published before we even started the shooting process, right? What, what types of magazines were we going to be targeting? What types of content did they accept? Mm -hmm. uh, when do you submit to them? How do you submit to them? What's the timeline on the back, line, back, back end look like? So that we could then tell our vendors like, hey, no one's allowed to post this until right, right. afterwards. So that kind of stuff. And so I just educated myself and I always 
find it um, interesting that people don't utilize the information that's at our fingertips. So yeah, Google, mm-hmm. my gosh, why don't people just Google just a little bit more <laughs> YouTube? I'm, I didn't ever know how to do a silent shoot. So I literally YouTubed it till I was, you know, confident i youtube my way here right here right now (laughs) everything i've done in my business i youtubed how to do it seriously i you know before i started my company i was like how to be a wedding planner Mm -hmm. i've been in events my whole life i've been in events since i was like 11 years old (laughs) and i literally youtubed okay well weddings are very different everyone says they're so difficult blah 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 like what is it to this industry that is makes it so different from what i've done before but I just YouTubed it and I was like, uh, it's exactly the same. It's just the people, <laughs> the, the people and the emotions that are different yeah. versus corporate events. Right. So, right. Um, so, the the same, so, you know, what influences have come from your experience, not only overseas, but overseas in corporate events. Um, so for sure in China, that's really where I learned the value of networking and how important that is not only to have people that you can, rely on people that help to you know bring you business all that kind of stuff but just the value of relationships and i uh in china they have a term called guanxi guanxi and that is literally relationships and so Mm -hmm. it's how all business is done business is only done because oh i have a friend of a friend that oh i have a cousin who right it just it's all done that way so they don't cold they don't do that kind of stuff it's just it's all through the spider web of your network and so I I had never even gone to a networking event before (laughs) before I (laughs) before I uh, went to business school there and so that really is I think what set the foundation up for my now um, process and how I go about building my network here and so with the business and the corporate events that I did there a lot of them I got because I proved myself time and time and time again, as when I, when I was just first getting started, I would work for free all the time. Mm-hmm. I would volunteer mm-hmm. and I would do events that I was passionate about and people would start to understand, oh, Vanessa, we can always depend on her. Oh, mm-hmm. Vanessa, does really quality work. Man, she works really hard. So once that got going and then I finally transitioned into hey I do this as my company now and I'm legit because people again you can't work for or with or you can I don't recommend it but you it's one thing to have it be a side hustle it's one thing to have it be a business Mm -hmm. so once I transitioned into having it be my business people had already known the quality of my work because I had done free stuff for so long right right (laughs) so I had my own network of people who knew like and trusted me to be able to perform on things when it was actually paid and I had money behind it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is really something that um, photographers can do. That's something that DJs can do. That's something that all the different wedding vendors can actually do. It's like when you're first getting started, you should probably work a lot for free yeah. to get the kinks out. Right. It's like not like not that you should do all the stuff for free. Like definitely know your value and all that stuff. But right. When you're first, getting started like don't expect to get paid the same amount of money that someone who's been in the industry for 20 years gets paid that's great that's great that's entitled and very crazy in my opinion um but i think it's like you need to 
be able to understand like, okay, this is what goes into it. This is how we can learn and grow better next time. This mm-hmm. is how, this is the, this is what this client's looking for. This is how I, you know, these are the mistakes I can avoid next time. You know, that's all the kinks that you need to get worked out before you're doing yeah. that in real life <laughs> for, for money. And you know by I mean? having a network, that's when you can get in with people where they may not have an opportunity for you today, but it could happen where a wedding up planners like you know what this event's big I need an assistant let me contact that person or I very often will see photographers will need a second shoot and something happens and then they'll kind of lean on someone else so that's kind of where you can by establishing those relationships when the time is right you know you can start to take advantage of that so it's not always instant sometimes you got to wait for your moment but (laughs) it will come and I think that's something that a lot of people I don't know where that kind of I I feel like a lot of people that went by the wayside at some point, I don't know when that stopped happening, but you know, I have some people that are like, Oh, I'd love to be on your team. And I want to make X dollars, you know, each time we do a wedding and I'm like, excuse me, even worked one single event before. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm like, well, or they've, you know, in, in China, I was always, um, mentoring youth. And so, um, people would always ask me like, Oh, how do you do what you do? I want to get into that industry. And, you know, I was like, well, first of all, it's a ton of manual labor. It's like night sometimes. And, you know, it's staying up the night before, because there was a lot of production involved with the events that I did. So it'd be like, do you really know what goes into the industry? And I'm like, how about you come and volunteer at some of my events and see what really goes into behind the scenes of a large scale production and let me know on Monday if you're still interested. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that's what we mean when we say, you know, we don't mean working for free because those initial times it's not free. You're learning. You're oh, learning absolutely. so much and cuz if you don't have experience in events, you don't want it on you. You don't want somebody paying you $10,000 when you don't know what you're doing and you're showing up blind. You don't want someone paying you $1,000 when you don't know what you're doing. It's a benefit to go in and learn it because I mean, you are on your feet for so long and you are working and sweating so hard, you don't even need to pee because your body just gets rid of it all. (laughs) Like that's how busy these events can be. Uh, yes absolutely you need to know I mean because a lot of people after that were like oh man I give it to you because I that the level of stress the level of details the level of uh commitment and things of just doing whatever it takes to get the job done from I mean it's it's crucial it's you have to have that and it's something that's in your blood it's not something that is a learned trait it's not this industry is not for everybody and whether that's weddings whether that's corporate events you know whether you're a planner or a dj or you know we all have clients that have a different level of um different level of attention that is required sometimes some people are super easy and chill and are just like yeah like whatever i like this type of music or like whatever roses are great you know and yes really- yes yes where others have a very detailed set vision oh. and several mood boards to go with it like oh yeah. my gosh and then it changes a week later and yeah. oh, you're back to square one and you're like oh, losing your mind yeah so it's just is you know it takes a lot of um practice and experience to be able to understand those different types of people and how to work with them how, or to how to pull the plug when it's not going well <laughs> but, yeah. or whatever, just adapt to different types of clients. And that's the kind of thing that you learn when you're first 
starting out and volunteering or being that second shooter or whatever is mm-hmm. everything is a learning opportunity. And I think, I think more people should spend more time in that, in that uh, arena versus trying to just jump in and get paid the big bucks. Right. Stuff. Cause it really is an investment cause you're learning if even you want to do it. Cause I've had wedding photographers that went from product photography to weddings and the other way around where they did weddings and didn't like it and decided to go to different level of photography. So it's really just investing in your time by figuring this out first. And also because weddings book super far in advance. So you don't want to be committed two to three years for something that you discover you don't like doing. So by volunteering your time for just three weekends in the next few months will make this process and help your decision making. Because I personally think once you know, you know, once you're in that bender chaos that I love the chaos like you're all a team and you feels like you know each other so well for these 12 hours you know and then that's it and then it's done but like during those 12 hours you are each other's lifelines and you're depending on each other to make this day perfect and it's a really I think a unique and incredible experience I love it absolutely I agree so I have some kind of rapid fire fill in the blank questions for you So you could say the first thing that comes to mind when I started, I wish I knew that. When I started, I wish I knew um, how much manual labor goes into, (laughs) goes into events. I didn't, I definitely didn't. (laughs) I wish more wedding vendors realized that. That it's a team effort Mm -hmm. and not an individual effort. Mm -hmm. The best weddings always have a professional vendor team and a wedding planner. <laughs> and not just because I'm a wedding planner, but they, have, like they have me. <laughs> they have me. Um, but literally, the, the best weddings are the ones that have the professionals making it happen. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, hey, my uncle's a DJ. Oh, my, yeah, yeah. my aunt is going to help to bake the cake. And I'm like, which is fine. And I get it. Everyone's got different budget requirements and all that stuff. But there's, you know, there's specific professions that do this for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if your uncle's the DJ, but he doesn't know, he's never DJed a wedding before. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of little learnings on that first time that that he DJs a wedding. And you don't want him to be learning on your wedding. Yeah. So what would you do that? You know, that's, that's the couple where it's important if, you know, if you're going to do that, whether it's for budget reasons or whatever, invest in just the planner then at the very least to keep it all together. Cause you're going to need someone who knows what to look out for. So Absolutely. yeah. And, yeah. And it's so funny. Sometimes I'll, I'll talk to people, you know, it, uh, oftentimes if it's like at a bridal expo or something and I'm a vendor at the expo, mm-hmm. they're like, Oh no, like we already have, we don't need a planner. Like my aunt's going to do it. And I'm like, are you are you sure? Yeah. Because is your aunt an event professional? Is she a wedding professional? Oh no. Well, you might want to consider like X, Y, Z and. Uh, yeah. And also, even if she is a wedding professional, if she was, she would say no, because then she's not attending your wedding. You know what I mean? What? You cannot yeah. do both. You like, cannot attend work on your wedding. wedding. Yeah, it's... <laughs> okay. I know a concept consult call is going well when. 
when we're laughing, having a good time, when we just get each other's vibe. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I am a little bit all over the place. I definitely have <laughs> a strong touch of ADHD, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and it's just like, I like to have fun with my couples. It's a great part of your life and it shouldn't be stressful. Like the wedding planning process shouldn't be stressful. If I'm doing my job properly, Mike, no one should be stressed in the process because of the way that I approach and kind of work through all the points. But, um, so I just, I like it to be light, airy, fun the whole time. Great. I couldn't have done my business without a team, maybe or a team. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) Also, also YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) University of YouTube is very important. (laughs) Um, but I would say my team because even though I'm the, the boss and I'm the, you know, the one that all the, everything falls on at the end of the day, um, it really doesn't happen without a team of people. And that's a team of assistants that I have on the day. That's my mm-hmm. VAs that I have helping me behind the scenes. That's my vendor team. That's my, my venue team and my catering and all that. And it really is, it's an orchestration of everybody working together. And it's never just one individual person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's never one individual person that messes it up either right there's yeah. usually yes yes <laughs> so <laughs> but it's you know at the end of the day it's my responsibility to make sure that everything goes perfect mm-hmm. and that nothing is missed and all that and it's really it's a team effort that makes that happen so mm-hmm. i wish more couples would understand the value of everything that goes into making the day perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with, with my, with my couples, I always say that they need to start by really ranking what's important to them because for everybody, it's something different. You know, some people, the venue is like all that matters and they could care less about the food. Some people it's all about the food and they don't care about like anything else. Mm-hmm. Some people they're like, we just need a great DJ. So, but then understanding on the back end of what goes into having that great DJ or that great venue and understanding that there's costs associated with that. Right. So I think that, um, you know, Pinterest, God bless it. It's a great, um, great (laughs) resource for inspiration, but then understanding that those weddings that you see that are, that are online are also weddings that are hundred thousand dollar weddings. Yeah. hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollar weddings sometimes. And they're like, I want these florals, and then their budget's eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then maybe their priority florals is like fifth on it. So then it's like, well, let's look at your budget and decide. And I'm not even implying that it's for a small budget, even for a large budget. Knowing what's important will help you know what to how much to allocate to what, you know? Absolutely. And helps yeah. reel you in after uh, you go. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, my goodness, it's like I, I get all these inspo picks and I'm like, oh, okay, great. That's fabulous. Like, how much is your floral budget? Because florals, I mean, my goodness, talk about very outrageously expensively priced, especially after the pandemic. That is what is I, I've seen is just gone through the roof that and rentals because of the yes. labor costs associated with the transportation and gas and anyways, but um you know, they, they want all these great things and all this, these huge arrangements or this, this arch or whatever. And then they don't have the finance on the back end to support what they want. So it's, you know, just understanding what goes into that. And I think that's a lot on the education process that 
us as coordinators and wedding professionals in general that we can help and assist with, you know, why are your services costing that much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and why is it, you know, for example, for like the DJs, you know, why does one DJ cost $5,000 and one costs 500? Mm-hmm. Like what's the difference and what's the difference in value that you're providing? Mm-hmm. So. And then the last one is never go to a wedding without. Never go to a wedding without <laughs> comfortable shoes. There you go. Is, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. That is, will just make or break. Um, yeah. That the, will make or break you for sure. That if you the don't have success of the whole event relies, <laughs> it's true, relies on your footwear because it's yeah. not comfortable. Yeah. Yes. You really have to, uh, sometimes you just have to go for comfort over style. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the queen of, I'll take one pair of shoes for the beginning, you know, when it's nice, mm-hmm. bright and sunny outside. And then I will have another shoe for when it gets dark and everyone's dancing and, you know, yeah. Yeah. Up and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm Smart. in California. So sometimes it's flip-flops in the morning time before anyone gets there and anyone sees me. And then it's, you know, a nice flat, comfortable shoe during the daytime and it's sneakers at night. So sometimes I'll bring There you go, have them all. <laughs> but, um, Vanessa, where can people find you if they want to uh, interact with you further? Yes, I am on um, Facebook and Instagram or even on my website at Finer Weddings and Events. And yeah, if you ever want to send me a DM, I'm always happy to receive those and I always respond and I'm really looking forward to connecting and helping answer any questions that anyone has and providing as much value to the, to the community to the community as I can. Great. And I'll have all that linked in the show notes down below. Vanessa, thank you again so much for your time and your value here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That was a blast, right, guys? So you can connect with Vanessa. She is on Instagram at Finer Weddings and Events. And Finer has two R's in it. And she just has so much information as well as a desire to help others and to connect further. I think there was so much more we could talk about, you know, in regards to doing it showcases and fairs and whatnot. So let me know if there's any particular topic that we alluded to that we didn't dive into deeper that you would like to see on another episode, because then I can totally work that out for you. So guys, thank you for tuning in for the long haul on this really juicy episode. I will be back again next Wednesday and more interviews are coming as well as just our solo episodes together. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss it here on the I Do Wedding Marketing Podcast.